0: The following talk was given at the Insight Meditation Center in Redwood City, California. Please visit our website at audiodharma.org.
1: As we're arriving, I just see all these wonderful faces. Carla, hello. And everybody, welcome. Um, Welcome to old friends and new friends. excuse me for saying this to the old friends, but particular welcome to the new friends. Um, And I I just want to um, mention that in addition to this large group that meets for the new people uh, every week from 11, I mean, every month from 11 to one, we have small groups. And um, a lot of the people here are in small groups, six, about six to a group. And it's a similar format to this, but people get to be, um, it's much more intimate and and people get to be pretty bonded and and find it to be a meaningful experience, a meaningful support. So if that's of interest to you, just please uh, contact the IMC website and let them know you're interested in joining a small group and we'll we'll figure that out for you. So, Let's let's just meditate now for a few minutes
2: and settle in. <laughs>
1: And um, this is a time just to just to relax, to if you can to drop your backpack
2: and not do anything
1: at all. Who would have thunk that there is so much wisdom
2: in doing nothing at all, in just being?
1: And don't even try to be.
2: Just your ordinary
1: mind is fine. Just relax and rest in your own awareness. awareness is so simple
2: you can't see it it's it's also so deep you can't fathom it
1: Don't try to fathom it. Just let it be. This miracle of awareness, so simple,
2: you can't believe it.
1: and so good, we can't accept it. So full of goodness and riches and peace. We don't need anything. We don't need to do anything. We don't need to meddle with this profound ordinary mind.
2: How nice. How safe. Nothing is wrong here. Just being.
1: So deep you can't fathom it. So close you can't see it. So simple you can't believe it. So good you can't accept it. The greatest gift of all just this presence, just this simple, ordinary mind. If there are thoughts, let there be thoughts. You always come back. Not fighting with anything, not in conflict with thoughts, not in conflict with emotions. Just letting everything be as it is. Okay. Thank you. Whenever you're ready, could slowly open your eyes. So welcome again. See more people have joined. My sister has joined (laughs) from Maine.
2: Um, So, yeah, last
1: time. We talked a lot about not-self. Not that was the theme last, last meeting. That there really isn't anything here that is a self. It's not the body. The body's out of control. It's not the mind. The mind is out of control. Everything is out of control. Feelings, sights, sounds, smells. They just keep happening and happening and happening. You look and you look and you look. And there's there's no self to be found. It's not in my hand. It's not in that sound that just went away. And some people had more access, rather than that view, have have more access to this sense of emptiness or not self, in um, a feeling of openness, just open, wide open, like space. the Buddha said to Rahula, we did this last last month, meditation is like space. Awareness is like space. Big, vast, awareness. Everything comes from this mind. Space comes from this mind. And space is boundless. Space in front of you, to the right of you, to the left of you, behind you, above you, and below you. Vast, open space. And space is alive. And space is us. It is us. Science tells us that it is us. We are made of space, 99.99999% space. So that framework and that inclination to sense space gives some people an easier access to liberation from the self-absorption of this fabricated, Self Some people get it from walking in nature and just feeling the warmth of the trees and the sky and the bushes and whatever they pass, including the big, vast, open sky. what i was uh, what i was uh, referring to in our meditation is called the four faults of awareness the four faults it's so close you can't see it it's so simple you can't fathom it it's a terrible faults you can't you can't believe it it's so simple so good you can't accept it so i didn't uh, create those those were created by a uh, a deeply realized master, Kalu Rinpoche, who also said, you live in an in illusion. And, um, and I was referring to that with the prompt this week. Um, how when we look back 10 years, just looking back, what happened? What was that? Or even more than 10 years, 20 years. Like a dream. I think maybe when we when we're uh, close to death, we might look back on our, our whole life and think, wow, what happened? It was, it was so fast. It was like a dream. It's like it didn't even happen, like a mirage. As Robert was referring to last month, if you remember, so many selves so many selves since we were small children in high school and the college self and all through our lives, self after self, after self, after self. And now we look back, can't have remembered much of it. It's just a dream. And whatever we remember is a fabrication right now. And all the hopes that we have for the future and all the fears we have for the future. The fears for this self, the hopes for this self. Well, if we look ahead 10 years, all the hopes and the fears, even for tomorrow, for this week, for the next 10 years, and then after ten years, we'll look back on those ten years. And again, it'll be what happened? It was so fast and it's just like a dream.
2: Like a magic show. So I think this
1: we can maybe relate to this it is true that this is like a dream. This existence is like a dream. It keeps fading away moment after moment after moment after moment. It keeps vanishing. It's banished. What was a microsecond ago is no more. And I can't even remember it.
2: I'm already in the future. So all we really have is this clarity. We're trained in meditation,
1: in clarity. In awareness, in having a healthy, wholesome view, and with
2: fewer and fewer obstructions. But this is taking it one more step. The clarity
1: itself keeps vanishing moment by moment. The clarity itself
2: is empty. Empty of self.
1: Empty of everything and anything. So when we combine this feeling, not a fabrication of emptiness, but a feeling
2: of this vanishingness, with clarity. Everything keeps releasing itself. We
1: don't have to release our clashes, our aversions, our fears, our dreads, our doubts, our lack of self-esteem, our jealousy. They free themselves. Do you remember any jealousy? Well, maybe you do, but I mean, we've had so many jealousies, so many fears, so many anxieties, so many of all these
2: things. They're gone. They free themselves. They just do. So resting in that wisdom. There's no more suffering. We just trust in impermanence. We trust in this self liberation of not just the bad stuff, but the good stuff too. What happened to my love? What happened to my compassion
1: of a moment ago? My joy of a moment ago? All gone. Everything keeps
2: liberating. And this is all realized by simply
1: resting in awareness. Ordinary
2: mind, letting it be. So good we can't accept it. Kali Rinpoche continues, We live in illusion and the appearances of things.
1: So things do keep appearing, 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 appearing. But we can also live in the dissolving, the dissolving, the dissolving, the dissolving, the dissolving. It's said that the difference between human beings and Buddhas is that human beings live in the appearing.
2: And Buddhas live in the dissolving. And then he continues. There is reality. And you are the reality. But you don't know it.
1: If you should ever wake up to that
2: reality, you would realize that you are nothing. And being nothing, you are everything. And that is all. And that's all. That's it. Nothing and you're everything. So there's no reason to be afraid of anything.
1: Everything self-liberates, whether we
2: allow it or not. This may be an understanding that we will get when we are close to death, or maybe in the moment of death, but we don't have to wait. We can relax and be open right now. So given the dreamlike like quality of this moment, of this day, what would be a wise way to live this day? What would be a wise intention for you? We are given the gift of this day this beautiful day where we can sense things and hear things and
1: see things and taste things and think things and feel things. So many things we can do today. Right now, we can feel its amazing sensations all through our body.
2: Here, the riches of this life that we are
1: given for today, for now. And the freedoms that we are capable of are amazing.
2: Rocks don't have this freedom. Dogs are
1: wonderful, but they don't have awareness. They have clarity, but they don't have this awareness, this self-awareness. That includes emptiness, that includes that we are nothing, but we are
2: everything. Maybe some of you uh,
1: imagined that was in this in the prompt as well imagined someone who was deceased. In my case, I imagine my mom. And imagine that deceased being, or or it could be someone alive too, blessing you, holding you in, in care,
2: loving you, seeing you, and advising you, honey, this is the way to spend this day. This is the wise way to be. it all liberates itself. So you don't have to be so concerned about that. You don't have to be so concerned about the future that will... it doesn't even exist. It's all a dream. So how to live this
1: day? I'm going to check the... time... So let's let's meditate for a
2: few minutes with uh, with this and relax into this, just like before, just being. and drop into the body. Makes it easier to be when we're grounded in the body, grounded in our legs, our feet. With a light touch, noticing the changing of sensations. In the legs, the feet, the hips, the rising and falling of the breath, maybe sensing that. pumping, throbbing of the heart. The back, the dreamlike back, the shoulders, relaxing the shoulders. Sometimes
1: it's very helpful to take a deep inhale, and then release. If we do that a
2: couple of times and at the end of the exhale, let it be for a few seconds. There can be some peace and relaxation there. The arms and hands Sensations in the palms of the hands, in the back of the hands, the fingers, the throat. Letting the facial muscles melt into the skull and the brain.
1: Relax. It's a miracle
2: body. Organs that keep us alive, and a brain that thinks, and hearing, and seeing behind your eyes if your eyes are closed. And thinking without focusing on our thinking, just letting them think, letting them liberate themselves. They're just phantoms. And thoughts are like tea bags, color. Our emotions. Just relax the emotions too. Whatever you're feeling now is welcome. No need to be afraid of thoughts or feelings.
1: just like passing sounds, maybe not as quickly, but they all liberate. So we can rest.
2: Just rest in open awareness. Open to the maybe the entire body
1: breathing I'm a wide, big awareness perspective.
2: Imagine the end of your life. Looking back on your life, what happened? Like a dream. All these self-absorptions that we have,
1: all these self-reifications making the self such a solid thing. You can just relax that stuff. Who cares? Who cares really? It doesn't matter, really. it'll all soon be a dream vanishing in the mist. And from this perspective, we can really care, really love, really open our hearts to this wondrous, beautiful life.
2: to each other. And the wish
1: kind of comes naturally out of this thing. Not only is this meditation for me, for my benefit, so that I can allow liberation to take place naturally, without care,
2: without concern, without suffering. Wishing this for
1: your loved ones. Wouldn't it be wonderful if they could relax and that their concerns relax and liberate naturally into this vast, ever-changing natural
2: awareness. May they be liberated.
1: Maybe those who are sticking in our heart are difficult ones. Huh, maybe they be liberated too. May all beings be liberated, free. May all beings be open. May all beings awaken. To their true nature. But it's this empty clarity that keeps changing, changing, changing. Just rest now, without conceptualizing anything. Just be, and see what happens. Don't block, get in the way. Try to improve this in any way. I would try to control this. Just let it be natural, spontaneous appearances.
2: If you're ready, you could open your eyes. So, <clears throat> thank you.
1: So are you kind of ready for this, Robert? For the small groups? We'll break up into. Fiona's not with us today, unfortunately. Uh, she has something she had to do. I'm sorry she can't, she's sorry she can't be with you. So it's we have a little more time <clears throat> um, to break into small groups, maybe groups of four or five. You know, just to discuss this this point, um, about this the dream like nature. How does that land with you? And given how the past is like a dream and the future will soon be another dream that we look back on. We have this day that'll soon be a dream. Yesterday is a dream now. So what's a good thing to do with this day? How do we want to, we'll get up from this group and we'll just start doing stuff or even talking to each other in the group. How do we do this? What's the best way to do this? In this freedom. And if you have an advisor, some wise angel who knows all these things, and who knows you, how would he or she guide you, advise you, help you? We need help. We need help. We are so conditioned to the human value system.
2: Success, recognition, fame, money, so forth.
1: <clears throat> so, are you ready, Robert? Yeah. So, Robert will break you up into groups of four or five, and uh, why don't we go for let's see? It's twelve forty now to till twelve fifty-five. Robert, fifteen minutes is that okay? Fourteen minutes. <clears throat>
3: Sorry, I just joined you late. (laughs) So
1: you'll catch up. It's okay. (laughs) And and welcome, by the way. Glad you made it.
2: Okay. Soon you will vanish.
4: Sorry, I was on mute. Um, I'm going to send you off into your breakout rooms. And I don't know if you'll get a message that says, you know, enter. If you do, please just click on it. And you should be in rooms of four to five per room. So we'll be there until what time, David? Um, Say um, five to the hour.
1: Yes, please. Okay.
4: All right. So enjoy. We'll see you in a few minutes.
5: Uh, and now i 'm blanking i got I got distracted by recording the process. Um, I think we were talking about the the thing like having compassion for oneself um, that it can be liberating to think of the concept of the past and the future being a dream, uh, but it can also sometimes the uh, the effort of being mindful of relationships. Uh, even in the moment, can sometimes feel like uh, we're overthinking or, um, yeah, over- overthinking or just getting uh, too constrained by that. So I don't know if that makes sense.
1: Yeah. 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 So just relax. It's like this, 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 this is a, um, uh, it's a uh, contemplation. Uh, but to, to be just to get in, into your system these contemplations are good to get into your system like they're loving kindness contemplations death contempl- this is another one. another one and then when it's in your system you know and you feel it and just relax in your meditation and relax with each other and just proceed with your life with ease hopefully, hopefully it'll loosen things up a little bit make you a little more carefree yeah,
5: it's it's a liberating concept, and I do appreciate the uh, the quote. I'll be re- revisiting it. We're all commenting on that. Thank you.
6: Thank you.
1: Thank you. Somebody else.
6: Trudy, hi. Please.
7: Hi. Uh I, I I can't read the. The things, so I have to raise my real hand
2: yeah.
7: um, so i we talked about a number of things. It was a beautiful group, and one of them was awareness and our reference to awareness and for me, um uh David, your references to awareness were so congruent with my my own experience and 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 references. As uh, awareness, as something beyond words, beyond uh, discussion, just uh, so vast, uh, and uh, it's talking about it. I'm out of it already. So, but I, I really felt very enriched by your references, and I wanted to thank you for those.
1: You're not out of it, Trudy. Yeah. You're in it. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Someone else, Vicki.
8: I um I felt very, really reassured by uh, the way you spoke earlier and spoke and shared that in the group and also talked about um, what you, the quote you gave from Kali Rinpoche that humans live in the appearing and Buddhas live in the, in the dissolving. That was just, I loved that. Um, That if I can only remember, which I do sometimes and I don't sometimes, but just to remember it, just it all self liberates that I can allow myself to feel that dissolving it, it makes it reduces the level of stress and it does help me relax and that relaxing allows me to be more present
2: All right thank you Carla
1: I
0: uh, can't hear you, Carla. I'm reminded of a, of a Buddhist quote. I don't know where this came from, but um, everything changes. Everything is connected. Pay attention. It's so simple. <laughs> but it's such a. I I love that summary. It just popped in my head. It's a quote from some Buddhist. Uh, have you heard of that before? I don't know.
1: Can you say it again?
0: Everything changes. Everything is connected. Pay attention. One more time. Everything changes. Everything is connected. Pay attention.
1: Beautiful. Thank you.
0: I'm looking at nature where I'm surrounded by uh, how everything. It's my teacher of that all the time. We have a beautiful passion vine growing with a passion yeah. <laughs> that changes and continues to be connected, asking you to pay attention every day, every moment.
1: Okay, thank you so much. Somebody else? What was shared in your group? How was your group? Did you have a nice experience with each other?
4: Elaine has her hand up. Please
1: Elaine.
3: Yeah, I'm just really deeply grateful for this senior Sangha. And I've learned so much from each, each person in our group that spoke. I just learned such a deep lesson from them. Makes me so grateful that, you're, that we have this meeting. You know, I'm glad that I could be here and that everybody's showing up and being willing to go into the breakout rooms. So I thank you all for that. There's a lot of deep wisdom here.
1: It's because we're all so old,
3: <laughs> we're showing each other how to do it. That's what I love, you know that you're, we're showing each other the way That's yes. really sweet
2: And
7: I was going to say the same thing that I loved my group, I was in Trudy's group and Julie and a, a couple of others, and uh, it was wonderful because we were all reinforcing that, and the, the wisdom and the wisdom in the group was just wonderful. Mm-hmm. And it's very, uh, very reinforcing. Mm-hmm.
1: Carolyn, oh, go ahead. I just want to say that's how it is in the small groups too. There's so much wisdom in the small groups. All of you, mm-hmm. you know, it, I, I was joking saying we're so old, but we are. You know, life—not just life—teaches us so much, and yet we're practicing this practice which teaches us so much. So it's just, it's just a wonderful. Mm-hmm combination that produces such beautiful wisdom
2: so who who else was carolyn carolyn please okay i um i was in the same group that carla
8: was and um we had just such, I feel, an, an insightful and meaningful group discussion. And it always reminds me that we also are able to say such intimate things to each other. And it's, it's all respected and honored. And I, I felt like um, this was true in our group. Everyone talked about what mattered to them. And um, so I appreciated all of my group members. It was really wonderful to spend the time together. Um, And I think, David, I also want to say I'm so grateful for what you talked about today because it's given me pause to think about every each and every day and what my wish is for today. And as I told my group going out to water my garden was just something I was going to do. And now I have a new way of, um, well, it's not a new way, uh, a more attended way, intentional way to water my garden. So thank you very much for that.
1: Thank you, Carolyn. Yeah. Yeah. Um... This uh, Some sense of non-self can rewire our um, hard drives. You know, we have this soft drive of clarity, of our perceptions. But when we rewire the hard drive to have some sense of this nothingness, it gives everything so much more meaning and value. And it gives us a doorway out of suffering. Freedom from suffering. Well, um, maybe maybe we can uh, move on. Um, Got one more person who wants to say something. Okay, one more. Uh, we want to hear. We want to hear the wonderful teachings of uh, dear Robert. So, yeah, one more, please.
9: Um, in my group, uh, we each spoke about um, what we wished for our day going forward. Uh, Or what we thought someone who might love us wished for our day going forward. Um, And then um, I'm having a problem with the concept of self. So we started talking about that. And I keep trying to get information from any group I'm in on the self. And I had some very good information in my group this time. So...
1: What was it? Tell us one or two of them.
9: Uh, one or two of, pieces which. of
1: information that you got that was meaningful. Uh,
9: well, about the self. Um, I keep thinking of it as a concept that our brains create, and you know, it changes, it's not permanent. It comes, it goes, just as the actions in our life come and go. Um, but I can't, but I think of it as impermanent. I don't think of it. And so I was, I'm trapped, you know, is it corporeal in some way and not a concept in the brain? And I'm getting all academic about it. So
1: I had a little,
9: I had clarification.
1: You're on a really great track, uh, Freda, and um, really, really smart, really good track. And Robert's going to expand on this. Uh, and I think he'll really help you. Um, Thank you. And so, uh, Robert is a wonderful teacher and a wonderful friend, and a supportive teacher and a supportive friend. And um, we'll take a break right now. Uh, but please uh, please come back to hear, hear these uh, f- uh, further teachings about impermanence. Um, let's see, it's uh, 12. How about 12, uh, 10 minutes? Is that okay, Robert?
4: How about 1220?
1: Okay, 1220. So if you could come back at 1220 and, and please please be on time and that would be great.
4: Thanks, everyone. Thank, thank
1: you.
2: you.
4: And I will get started assuming that you are here. So welcome back. And David, thank you for a beautiful talk and beautiful guided meditations this morning. And so I, I'm i going to just share some thoughts with all of you on on this theme of uh, impermanence and uh, the self-liberating dreamlike nature of experience that <clears throat> David so eloquently spoke about this morning. And I'll do it in a little bit more of a traditional way for those of us who are um, sort of rooted in the insect tradition. Um, but it's all part of the same thing. So When we look at our experience, we see that everything is changing and it's changing all the time. Life is basically subject to change. And as we practice, um, we cultivate the ability to, uh, to actually learn how to stop, how to pause, how to step back and have a look, how to literally catch a glimpse of the bigger picture. And as we do this, we discover that there's always space surrounding experience. And it's in this space that we discover this quality of peace. We all know what that's like when we are able to pause for a moment and there's enough space that we can relax, that we can settle down. See, it's not like we necessarily can make ourselves relax. We can simply create the conditions in which relaxation can occur. And it comes from the knowledge and vision, to use a Buddhist expression, of things as they are, as they really are. So assuming that you and I are ordinary people, like most people, whenever we're sick or we feel, or we got hurt or injured or something, we tend to think of that as a problem that we want to fix, that we want to get rid of. We want to get over it. We want to push it away. No one wants to feel that way. But when we do that, when we try to do that, we discover that it really doesn't work. And um, we experience a lot of distress and worry. We might be fearful. We might be angry. We might be depressed about our situation. And underneath all that, what we discover is that we're constantly looking for pleasant feelings to antidote or overwhelm the kind of discomfort or painful feelings that we have. Or let's be honest, we don't even want mildly unpleasant feelings. We want to feel good all the time, most of us. And because we want to avoid even the slightest unpleasant feelings, we pursue and we chase after and we cling to these pleasant feelings when we have them. So this kind of reactivity is going on, you know, all the time when we when we just settle down and look, and we can see that this is why, and this is also how we experience a kind of mental suffering. So just like you and just like me, we're told that the Buddha also experienced illness and pain and sometimes even had racking pain. And as he aged, nearing the end of his life, we're told that he had chronic, severe pain. We can imagine that he also took medicine and rested when he was sick. And he probably had a doctor or someone who attended to his physical ailments, just like you and just like me, just like us. He did what he could do to relieve his physical pain and discomfort and to take care of himself. But unlike most of us, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, I'm guessing the Buddha did not suffer mentally over his condition. Over time, as we you know as we practice settling down relaxing getting quiet as we practice just sitting quietly cultivating a gradual deepening of mindfulness and compassion in our meditation practice we eventually learn how to establish and recognize a state of mental calmness that's stable and sufficient enough for us to bear witness to the discomfort and the changes that are taking place in our bodies and our abilities without flinching or abandoning ourselves, without losing ourselves in the fact that everything's changing and our bodies are aging and we've got aches and pains and bursitis and rheumatoid, (laughs) rheumatism and and so on and so forth. We we can see that feelings are simply feelings and that our perceptions about things are affected by our attitudes and by our habits of mind. And that these habits are in turn influenced by the deeply, deeply habitual habit of desiring things are or, or pushing things away or just not knowing what's going on read hatred and delusion the three poisons when we directly know and see suffering in our mental states we learn that we can choose to let go of these impermanent fleeting states that invade the mind and that take up residence, becoming entrenched mental default habits. As we learn to be quiet with ourselves and to just allow things to come and go in their natural way without resisting them, without forcing them, simply relaxing allowing them to self-liberate, as David so beautifully pointed out. It's not an easy thing to do. I really want to acknowledge that. I'm not suggesting that it is, but sometimes it is. And as we practice with that, we begin to, to see that this is really a possibility and that these states can be recognized for what they are, impermanent, fleeting states of mind that invade our consciousness and literally can take up residence depending on how much attention and energy we're willing to give them. So in all of the the Buddhist traditions of whether we call them the four immeasurables or the Brahma Viharas, the practices of loving kindness and compassion and empathetic joy, equanimity. We can learn that it's possible to embrace and hold the feelings that are arising in our minds, that we're perceiving through our minds with a quality of kindness as naturally as we would hold a child if the child was frightened soothing accepting knowing our feelings for what they are we can meet ourselves in that way we don't have to abandon ourselves because we're in pain or our bodies are getting old and we forgetting things and losing things. When we take the time to notice and to investigate experience, we see that this quality of change is really natural. It's intrinsic in all phenomena, whether it's mental or physical, everything is subject to change. So we come to experience our own bodily feelings our mental states as being a lot less personal as part of a shared common humanity. You and I and everyone else are in this adventure called life together. You and I are brothers and sisters along with all our neighbors all over the world. We're not different from one another we all at our core want to be happy and don't want to suffer in that way we're we're the same in this this very fundamental way we're the same and when we can recognize that we can realize and recognize that neither physical feelings or mental states define us or belong to us. If I'm sick, <clears throat> it's, it doesn't define me. It doesn't even, I don't even own it. It's just something that's happening. You see, I don't, it's not that I won't feel sick. I just don't have to suffer over it. So I wanna go back to how I started this talk and say, Once again, because it bears repeating, everything in your life is subject to change. Everything is changing all the time. And when we learn to stop and pause and step back to have a look, we can actually catch a glimpse of the bigger picture. In that pause, there is space. There's always space surrounding experience, and it's in this space that we discover real peace. It comes from the knowledge and vision of things as they really are. The changing nature of our life. Our own aging. The loss of of remembered physical or mental capacities, or simply the sense of being off balance from the shifting sands of our day-to-day experiences, the conditions that we find ourselves in from day to day. Any and all of these can be a wake-up call A stirring within us that awakens us to the dreamlike nature of life and to the dream that our physical and mental experience, which is tainted by desire, aversion, and delusion, that we think that that's reality. It's not. It's not reality. So just a small taste of this quality of deeper understanding of knowing and seeing things as they are rather than as we want or would wish them to be stirs the heart and can give rise to a sense of urgency. And in Pali, that Urgency is called samvega, this quality to practice, to to familiarize ourselves with what's happening at a deeper level. It's, it's all happening anyway. It's it's just what we're able to really bear witness to and be able to stay with. So. When we investigate and explore the changing and permanent nature of our own experience um, to follow this path of practice that all of us find ourselves on, we, we actually can grow. We become stronger, we become more resilient, we become less vulnerable to falling into, attaching to the illusion of self and suffering. We, we become able to see not just mentally getting the idea or the concept of the dreamlike nature of this experience but the direct realization of it there's a difference between talking about something and understanding something conceptually which is a first step. We have to do that in order to actually get close. Because if we have the experience and the realization, but we don't have the understanding, um, you know, it's uh, we can't integrate it into our lives. And so this this quality of learning to slow down so that you can catch a picture of what's happening and What's happening here is change impermanence, and in Nietzsche. You see? And I love the way David talked about it because he, if we can just be with it, we see that all things self-liberate. All ideas do. They come and they go. And when we can see that, we can see that part of the way that they self-liberate is that we stop resisting. We stop resisting the things that we find objectionable, the things that we find unpleasant. We learn, it's not like we accept them and roll over like doormats. I don't mean that. But we, we aren't affected in a way where we... Resist the reality of what's happening. You see, it's this quality of resistance that distracts us, and this is how we lose ourselves. This is, and this is how we go down the rabbit hole time after time after time, rabbit hole after rabbit hole after rabbit hole. You see? So when we are able to investigate and explore the changing and permanent nature of our own experience, not not my experience or David's experience or Gil's experience or anybody else, it's your experience. When you're able to do this, to follow this path of practice, you grow, I grow. We become stronger and we become more resilient to become less vulnerable to falling into attaching beliefs to the illusion of self and suffering. And what this does is this takes us beyond the resignation of just coping. Oh, no, I just have to grit my teeth and go through this. This is the way things are. It allows us to go beyond this quality of sort of resignation, which is completely different than allowing. So qualities of faith and of trust and determination, they grow in us as we become closer and closer to the realization of freedom, to the ending of suffering. To the true letting go. A true letting go. What does it mean to let go? You see? To release. What do we let go of? What do we let go into? So, the truth is that we really are all in this together. You're no different from me and I'm no different from you. And the things that trigger you and hook you, these are things that trigger and hook many, many other people. We're not flawed or damaged because we're hooked or because we can't let go, or we don't know what it means. This is just part of the journey, part of the experience. So when we begin to just notice the reality and the truth of impermanence, we begin to move beyond the resignation of simply coping with that which we find Unpleasant or difficult. So those are some of my thoughts. And I am happy to have had the opportunity to share them with you. And what I'd like to do is, David, can you set are you here, David? I'm not seeing you. I'm here. Yeah. Would yeah. you like me to set up some groups? Yeah. Why don't you Why don't you set up some groups? And um, you can divide them in any way you like. You can put them into rooms of five. I think we've got even numbers here. You could set up seven rooms. Um,
1: I think you're on. Let's see. It's. I can do it. Yeah, you better do it. Because mine, I think you're the host. It's, it's got you down as host here.
2: Okay, so. Uh, oh, I can do it. Oh, can you do it? Yeah.
4: Um, All right. So <clears throat> in the rooms, I just want you to consider some of the ideas that I was talking about, and Hmm. how do you recognize impermanence and in your day-to-day experience? And what impact does the recognition of that have on you? What, you know, does it make a difference? Does it give you a glimpse? Eileen, welcome back.
1: It's hot where you are. Aren't isn't it, Lynn? Lynn's from Arizona, right?
5: Or, or uh, Colorado? Colorado.
1: Yeah,
2: it's ninety. Yeah. Yeah. Oh.
4: <laughs> in California, on that coast, like we are, at ninety
1: boiling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Are you still walking in the mornings? Oh yeah, definitely. Good. Mm-hmm. Fred back. Hello, Freda and Mike, and
2: well, here we are. Great. Okay.
4: I guess we're all back. So we have a few minutes. I'd love to hear from anyone who is willing to sh- share how that talk struck you and what you talked about in your small groups. This is the moment where everybody just gets very, very quiet. And I I know that there are people who want to raise their hand and say something. There's a genie. And then, there's Beth raising. Genie's raising her hand.
5: I'll chime in, Robert, just real briefly. I have a little problem with our setup because... I just got attached to my breakout room. <laughs> so, Me too. Me too. <laughs> we had a wonderful, just you know, short, very wonderful exchange because it happens that two of the other people are caregiving at the moment, and we had the excellent advice from the fourth person of pausing, mm. sending meta, mm. just wonderful, wonderful support for practice. All. Mm launched by you and David. So thank you,
4: everybody. You are so welcome. It makes me happy. I think Beth had her hand up.
3: Yeah. I got attached to my group, too. And um, one of the wonderful people was Susan, who can't be unmuted. So maybe you could check that. We wanted to hear from her. But. My, my, what I, what I said in the group was that I was having a very hard time um, with chronic pain and um, existing in a state that wasn't, you know, the constant wish it would go away. So my cohorts in the group, um, they didn't answer me directly what was, which was great, but they answered with this great kind of sense of having understood that and perhaps gone beyond it or perhaps being stuck in it themselves at times. So it was great. Thank you.
4: You're welcome, Beth. Abraham, I see see your hand is up, too.
6: Yeah, hi. Uh, The prompt was very good. Uh, I've enjoyed it. And looking forward to the next 10 years and knowing my body is aging, and I am now in the group where we're dealing with with all of those issues, uh, I don't want to cling to wanting this kind of future or that kind of future. And I think a really good strategy is to really, what is here now in terms of I have so many family members and friends who are suffering ailments that are struggling and dealing with stuff. And I think compassion and generosity toward them and joy in them and the way they live and, and our friendships is what's, what's really liberating at a time when, when we're all looking, when I feel like we're all looking at this kind of stuff. Thanks.
4: Thank you, Abraham. Thank you. Okay, folks. In permanence, we've come to the top of the hour. (laughs) Our senior Sangha for September has come and is now passing away. (laughs) And uh, we're reborn into a new moment. So every day we have 10,000 births and 10,000 deaths in a day or less or more. And this is just part of the flow of things. So it's always a delight to be here with all of you. <laughs> We've been together now for how long has it been, David? David. Has it been two years, three years? I think it's yeah. a
1: couple of years. Yeah,
4: it's, it seems like it's been a long time. And some of you, have, you come every month, so it's really a delight, and it feels so nice to be able to be with all of you. And I'm so delighted that David has been so good about forming um, the small groups so that you can meet in that way. I wish that I had more time to participate but maybe in future. So be well and happy and go out and share your hearts with abandon with your family and your friends and the world. And I'll let David say goodbye. You know, it's just so
1: nice to hear about from some of you about how bonded you, you are with each other in these small groups and I know a lot of us know each other from small groups and from this big group, and some of you have been in small groups and you're you, you're no longer. I wish you'd come back, <laughs> and uh, so let's let's express our love. Let's give let's give a uh, group hug.
4: Really, you're there. Come <laughs> off of. Thank you. And say goodbye. Come off of. Yeah.
2: And say yeah.
1: goodbye. Yeah. Let's love each other. A group hug.
8: Thank
7: you.
2: Thank you all.
7: Everyone.
1: Thanks, David.
2: Thanks, Robert. Thank you. Thank you. That Thank feels you so all. good. Yeah, I that was you great. All. <laughs> take care.